I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Ah, well, ah, look at you. You've come to the Leaves of Glen podcast. I'm sure you're pretty pleased with yourself. Uh, this is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Uh, this week, we're going to continue reading from the Blue Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. It's the first out of 25 books on this stuff he made. Uh, each book a different color, which is kind of weird. Uh, there's stories gathered from around the world uh, and translated and compiled. Uh, mainly his wife did all of it, so there's not much to say about him. Which is part of the problem, but we'll get into that. Have you noticed the ambiance I have here on this episode? It's my new thing. Sound effects. Uh, it makes you feel like you're uh, ah, snuggled up in a big leather chair next to me as I pat your knee creepily. I keep doing it all the time. Every time I say anything, I lean over and I pat your knee. And at first you're like, ah, well, he's just an old man and he doesn't really understand boundaries. But after a while, you're like, no, 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 he's, he's doing this on purpose. Here in my drawing room, uh, that's the energy I'm trying to bring to this podcast. Really redoing it. Just taking it to a whole new level. Uh, the, I even have a, a grandfather clock sound effect that's uh, going to chime to tell me when to stop babbling and to actually get on with the story. The story this week is uh, Aladdin and his wonderful magic lamp. Which uh, brings me to my point. There's nothing to say about the author of this book. Uh, and I always freak out about that a little bit, have an existential crisis. Uh, learning about the author gives you some kind of context for the story you're about to read. Uh, along with the times it was written, and the life of the man or woman who wrote it. Uh, but when you don't have an author, you don't have an anchor. When you don't have an anchor, you're just a rudderless ship. And so I have a little bit of an existential crisis, and uh, and so I usually have a breakdown of some sort uh, each week as I do this. Uh, sometimes I take out the trash and I cry, uh, get on my knees, and just sit there. I usually pray, and as I said in my previous episode, uh, praying involves usually opening a window and just shouting help until God answers me. But uh, this time uh, I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth with an electric toothbrush. And the electric toothbrush uh, doesn't really let you stop because, uh, you know, if you turn it off in the middle of its thing, it just picks up later where you left off. And, uh, you know, it's got the whole different tone of vibration to let you know when to switch teeth. So everything's just off. So as I'm crying and the tears are mixing in with the froth uh, from the toothpaste, well, I'm... You know, I can't stop, so I'm just sitting there brushing and crying and brushing. And so Sixer, uh, my 22-year-old cat, uh, and he's called Sixer, uh, not by my choice, because he's got six toes. Uh, so he, uh, I wanted to call him Six-Toe Jack. But back in the 90s, you didn't adopt a cat, uh, especially when it was a kid, and you just found it in a pet store. And he was like, ah, oh, this one's good enough. And, uh, oh, it's already got a name. And so his name that he answered to was Sixer, and I'm sure he's just as disappointed as I was. But he came in with his glossy eyes. He looked up at me. 
because his eyes have cataracts and they're kind of gray and wet all the time. And he said, uh, what's your problem? I said, I'm, uh, this week's book, your story is going to be Aladdin and his uh, wonderful lamp. And he said, oh, who's the author? I said, unknown, so I'm screwed, I said, crying and spitting froth everywhere. And he goes, oh, I can help you. I know a lot about the 1992 movie starring Robin Williams. I said, it's not really that helpful. And he goes, how old is Aladdin? And uh, I don't know. And he goes, let's find out the age of this animated character. When Aladdin was introduced to the movie, he was 18 years old. Due to her uh, low social background, because uh, Aladdin's a girl now all of a sudden, Aladdin never had any formal education. He only got education while being wandering on the Argabas streets. Sixer says, having learned English from poorly translated websites about facts. And I said, uh, well, that didn't make any sense. You got anything else? And he said, uh, yeah, Robin Hood type thief. And I said, go on. He said, the character of Aladdin can be linked with Robin Hood who stole to survive and helped other. And I said, others, with an S to correct his English. And that is the bell that's telling me when to shut up and start reading the story. Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. Now there once lived a a poor tailor who had a son called Aladdin, a careless, eh, idle boy who would do nothing but play eh, ball all day long in the streets with the little idle boys like himself. This eh, so grieved the father that he died. My dad used to keep threatening that. Never really happened, but apparently it did here. Yet, in spite of his mother's tears and prayers, hey, like me earlier this week, Aladdin did not mend his ways. Uh, one day, when he was playing in the streets, as usual, yeah, a stranger asked him his age. Hey, just like what Sixer said. And if he was not the son of Mustafa the tailor. I am, sir, replied Aladdin. Yeah, but he, but he died a long while ago. On this, the stranger, who was a eh, famous African magician, fell on his neck and kissed kissed him, saying, I am your uncle, and knew you from your likeness to my brother. Go to your mother and tell her I am coming. Well, Aladdin ran home and told his mother of the newly found uncle. "Ah, Indeed, child, she said, your father had a brother, but I always thought uh, eh, he was dead. However... She prepared supper and bade Aladdin to seek his uncle, who came laden with uh, wine and fruit. Hmm. And he presently fell down and kissed the place where Mustafa used to sit, bidding Aladdin's mother not to be surprised at not having seen him before, as he had been forty years out of the country. Then he turned to Aladdin and asked him his trade, at which the boy hung his head, while his mother burst into tears. On learning that Aladdin was idle and uh, would learn no trade, he offered to take a shop for him and stock it with merchandise. Next day, he bought Aladdin a fine suit of clothes and took him all over the city, showing him the sights, and brought him home at nightfall to his mother, who was overjoyed uh, to see her son so fine. Well, everything's turning around for old Aladdin. 
The next day, yeah, the magician led Aladdin into some beautiful gardens a long way outside the city gates, and they sat down at a fountain, and the magician uh, pulled a cake from his, uh, ugh, from his girdle, which he divided between them. Uh, they then journeyed onward till they almost reached the mountains. Aladdin was so tired, oh, that he begged to go back, but the magician beguiled him with pleasant stories and led him on in spite of himself. At last... They came to two mountains divided by a narrow valley. We will go no farther, said the false uncle. Oh, well, now we know he's false. And I will show you something wonderful. Only, do you gather up sticks while I kindle a fire? When it was lit, ah, the magician threw it on the powder <clears throat> he had about him. Threw it on the powder he had about him. All right, at the same time, saying some magical words, uh, the earth trembled a little and opened up in front of him, disclosing a square flat stone with a brass ring in the middle to raise it by. Aladdin, ah, he tried to run away, but the magician caught him and gave him a blow that knocked him down. Yeah, what, a, what have I done, uncle? He said piteously, whereupon the magician said uh, more kindly, nah. Fear nothing, but obey me. Beneath this stone lies a treasure which is to be yours, and no one else may touch it. So you must do exactly as I tell you. At the word treasure, oh, Aladdin forgot his fears, and grasped the ring as he was told, saying the names of his father and his grandfather, and the, the stone came up uh, quite easily. Eh, sword in the stone, eh, he's the chosen king. And some steps appeared. Eh, go down, said the magician. At the foot of those steps, you'll find an open door leading into uh, three large halls. Uh, tuck up your gown uh, and go through them without touching uh, anything, or you'll die uh, instantly. Uh, these halls led to a, a garden of fine fruit trees. Now walk on until you come to a, a niche in the terrace where stands a lighted lamp. Pour out the oil it contains and, uh, and bring it to me. He drew a ring from his finger and gave it to Aladdin, bidding him prosper. Well, Aladdin found everything, uh, as the magician had said, uh, gathered some fruit off the trees, and uh, having got the lamp, arrived uh, at the mouth of the cave. Uh, the magician ooh, cried out in a great hurry, uh, Make haste and uh, give me uh, the lamp. This ooh, Aladdin refused to do until he was out of the cave. Uh, the magician uh, flew into a terrible passion and throwing some more powder into the fire, he said something, and the stone rolled back into its place. The magician left Persia uh, forever, which plainly showed that he was no uncle of Aladdin's. Well, we knew that ahead of time. Uh, but a cunning magician, yeah, well, we know that now, who had read in his magic books of a wonderful lamp which would make him the most powerful man in the world. Though he alone knew where to find it, he could only receive it from the hand of another. He had picked out the foolish Aladdin for his purpose, intending to get the lamp and uh, kill him afterwards. Uh, for two days, Aladdin remained in the dark, crying, uh, lamenting. At last, he clasped his hands in prayer, and in so doing, uh, rubbed the ring which the magician had forgotten to take from him. Immediately, ooh, an enormous, frightful genie rose out of the earth, saying, uh, What wouldst thou do with me? I am the slave of the ring and will obey thee in all things. The ring? I thought the whole point was a lamp. Well, apparently I've spent years getting that one wrong. Aladdin fearlessly replied, uh, Deliver me from this place. Whereupon the earth opened and he found himself outside. 
as soon as his eyes, this isn't like a monkey's paw thing where deliver me from this place and there's some weird twist where he regrets doing it. As soon as his eyes could bear the light, yeah, he went home, but fainted on the threshold. Then he came to himself. He told his mother what had passed and showed her the lamp. Oh, and the fruits he had gathered in the garden, which were, in reality, precious stones. Then he asked for some food. Alas, uh, child, she said, I have nothing in the house, uh, but I have spun a little cotton, uh, and I'll go sell it. Aladdin bade her to keep her cotton, for he would sell the lamp instead, as it was uh, very dirty, uh, and began to rub it, that it might fetch a higher price. Instantly, uh, a hideous genie uh, appeared and asked what she would have. Uh, she fainted away, uh, but Aladdin, snatching the lamp, said boldly, Fetch me something to eat. The genie returned uh, with a silver bowl, uh, twelve silver plates containing rich meats, uh, two silver cups, and two bottles of wine. And Aladdin's mother, uh, which came to, uh, she said, Whence comes this splendid feast? Ask not, uh, but eat, replied Aladdin. So they sat at breakfast till it was dinner time, and Aladdin told his mother about the lamp. Uh, she begged him to sell it and to have nothing to do with devils. No, said Aladdin. Uh, since chance hath made us aware of its virtues, we will use it. And the ring likewise. So he's got two genies now, which I shall always wear on my finger. When they had eaten all the genie had brought, Aladdin sold one of the silver plates, and so on, until none were left. He then had recourse to the genie, who gave him another set of plates, uh, and thus they lived for many years. <laughs> He's got a whole genie that can give him anything he wants, and all he keeps doing is just asking for more silver plates he can sell. One day, Aladdin heard an order from the sultan proclaim that everyone was to stay at home and close the shutters while the oh, because of COVID. Uh, oh no! While the princess, his daughter, went to and from the bath. Aladdin uh, was seized by a desire to see her face, which was uh, uh, very difficult, as she would always went veiled. He hid himself behind the door of the bath and peeped, peeped through a chink. The princess lifted her veil as she went in and looked so beautiful that Aladdin fell in love with her at first sight which isn't real love, just means you're attracted to them. He went home so changed that his mother was frightened. Oh, he told her he loved the princess so deeply that he could not live without her. Well, it's because she's rich and you're poor, so move on. And meant to ask her in marriage of her father. His, his mother, uh, on hearing this, burst out laughing. Yeah, it's a loving mother, but Aladdin at last prevailed upon her to go before the sultan and carry his request. Uh, she fetched a, a napkin. Uh, and laid it in the magic fruits from the enchanted garden, which ooh, sparkled and shone like the most beautiful jewels. She took these uh, with her to please the sultan and set out, trusting the lamp. The grand vizier and the lords of the council had just gone in as she entered the hall and placed herself in front of the sultan. He, however, took no notice of her and went every day for a week and stood in the same place. When the council broke up on the sixth day, the sultan said to his visor, I, uh, I see a certain woman in the audience chamber uh, every day carrying something in a napkin. That's not something a, a king or a sultan's going to do. They would just ignore her. Uh, call her next time that I may find out what she wants because he's just so driven to know what's in that napkin. Next day, 
At a sign from the visor, vizier, visor, vizier, I don't know, we're moving on. As she went up to the foot of the throne and remained kneeling till the sultan said to her, Rise, good woman, and tell me what you want. Yeah, she hesitated, so the sultan uh, sent away all but the vizier, visor, and I'm going to say vizier. From now on, it's vizier, and that's just where I'm going with my life. That's what I bring to you people. And bade her speak frankly, promising to forgive her beforehand for anything she might say. Then she told him of her son's violent love for the princess. I prayed him to forget her, she said, but in vain. He threatened to do some desperate deed if I refused to go and ask your majesty for the hand of the princess. Now I pray you to forgive me, and forgive not me alone, I screwed that one up, but my son, Aladdin. The sultan asked her kindly what she had in the napkin. Oh, he's been wanting that one for weeks. Whereupon she unfolded the jewels and presented them. Oh, he is thunderstruck. And turning to the vizier said, uh, Why, what sayest thou? Ought I not to bestow the princess on one who values her at such a price? Well, but they're poor. I mean, they, he doesn't know that they have a genie. It's just this weird poor mom showing up with some stolen goods, as far as he knows. The vizier, who wanted her for his own son, begged the sultan to withhold her for three months, in the course of which he hoped his son would contrive to make him a richer present. The sultan granted this, and told Aladdin's mother that, though he consented to the marriage, she must not appear before him again for three months, period. That was a big, long sentence, which is a lot of commas. Aladdin waited eh, patiently for about three months, and then after two had elapsed, his mother, going into the city to, to buy oil, found everyone rejoicing and asked what was going on. Oh, do you not know, was the answer, uh, that the son of the Grand Vizier is to marry the Sultan's daughter uh, tonight. Breathless, she ran and told Aladdin, who was overwhelmed at first, but presently bethought him of the lamp. Now ah, he rubbed it. And the genie appeared, saying, uh, What is thy will? Aladdin replied, yeah, The sultan, as thou knowest, has broken his promise to me, and the vizier's son is to have the princess. My command is that tonight you bring hither the bride and bridegroom. Master, I obey, said the genie. Aladdin went to his chamber, where, sure enough, at midnight, the genie transported the bed containing the vizier's son and the princess. Uh, Take this new married man, he said, and put him outside in the cold, (laughs) and uh, return at daybreak. Whereupon the genie took the vizier's son out of the bed, leaving Aladdin with the princess. (laughs) Fear nothing which won't work. That's terrifying for her. Aladdin said to her, uh, you're, you're my wife, and I promise to me by your unjust father, and no harm shall come to you. Well, the princess was too frightened to speak and passed the most miserable night of her life while Aladdin lay down beside her and slept soundly. Yeah, this is all really weird and terrifying. He's coming off like a, some sort of serial killer. At the appointed hour, the genie fetched in the shivering bridegroom laid him in his place, and transported the bed back to his palace. Presently, eh, the sultan came to wish his daughter good morning, and the unhappy vizier's son jumped up and hit himself, because he's a giant baby all of a sudden, while the princess would not say a word, and was very sorrowful. Oh, you can do that? Like, 
when one of my daughters gets married, I can just show up on their honeymoon and be like, ha ha, how was it? <laughs> They'll just be laying in bed. The Sultan sent her mother to her who said, uh, how comes it, child, uh, that you will not speak to your father? Uh, what has happened? The princess yeah, sighed deeply and at last told her mother how during the night the bed had been carried to some strange house, uh, like a hut, and what had passed there. Her, her mother did not believe her in the least, but bade her rise and consider it an idle dream. The following night, exactly the same thing happened. And the next morning, on the princess's refusal to speak, the sultan threatened to cut off her head. That's really extreme for your own daughter. She then confessed all, uh, bidding them to ask the vizier's son if it were not so. The, the sultan told the vizier uh, to ask his son, who owned the truth, uh, adding that dearly as he loved the princess, he'd rather die than go through such another fearful night and wish to be separated from her. Eh, what a nice husband. His wish was granted, and there was an end to feasting and rejoicing. Then the three months were over. Aladdin sent his mother to remind the sultan of the promise, and he stood in the same place as before. And the sultan, who had forgotten Aladdin, at once remembered him and sent for her. On seeing her poverty, the sultan felt less inclined than ever to keep his word and asked the vizier's advice, who counseled him to set so high a value uh, on the princess that no man living uh, could come up to it. And the sultan then turned to Aladdin's mother, saying, uh, Good woman, a sultan must remember his promises, and I will remember mine, but your son must first send me forty basins of gold brimful of jewels, uh, carried by Forty black slaves, uh, led by as many white ones. Well, there you go. Not as racist. You balancing it out. Splendidly dressed. Tell him that I await his answer. Now the mother of Aladdin bowed low and went home, thinking all was lost. She gave Aladdin why? Because he has two genies. Uh, she gave Aladdin the message, adding, uh, "He may wait long enough for your answer. Uh, not so long, mother, as you think." Her son replied, "I would do a great deal more than that for the princess." I summoned the genie, which one he has too, and in a few moments the eighty slaves arrived, uh, filled up the small house and garden. Aladdin made them set out to the palace uh, two and two. And followed by his mother, uh, they were so richly dressed, uh, such splendid jewels in their girdles, uh, that everyone crowded to see them, and the basins of gold they carried on their heads, they entered the palace, and... After kneeling before the sultan, stood in a half circle round the throne with their arms crossed, while Aladdin's mother presented them to the sultan. I hesitated no longer, but said, eh, Good woman, return and eh, tell your son that I wait for him with open arms. She lost no time in telling Aladdin, and bidding him make haste. But Aladdin's first called the genie, eh, I, want a, I want a scented bath, he said, in a richly embroidered habit. Yeah, a horse, surpassing the sultans, and uh, nah, nah, 20 slaves to attend me. Besides this, uh, six slaves, uh, beautifully dressed, uh, to, wait, uh, to wait on my mother. And lastly, 10,000 pieces of gold in 10 purses. All of it's so specific. No sooner said than done, Aladdin mounted his horse and passed through the streets. Uh, the slaves strewing gold as they went. Those who had played with him in his childhood... And knew him not, 
He had grown so handsome. When the sultan saw him, he came down from his throne, embraced him, and led him into a hall where a feast was spread, intending to marry him uh, to the princess that very day. But Aladdin refused, saying, I must build a palace fit for her. And uh, took his leave. Once home, he said to the genie, uh, Build me a palace, uh, the finest marble, uh, set with uh, uh, jasper, uh, agate, and, and other precious stones. Uh, in the middle, you shall build me a, a large hall uh, with a dome. It's four walls of massy gold and silver, uh, each having uh, uh, six windows whose lattices all except one, which is to be left unfinished, must be set with diamonds and rubies. Uh, there must be stables and horses and grooms uh, and, and slaves uh, to go about it. The palace was finished by the next day, and the genie carried him there and showed him uh, all his orders faithfully carried out, even to the laying of a velvet carpet from Aladdin's palace to the sultan's. That's a long carpet. Aladdin's mother then dressed herself carefully and walked to the palace uh, with her slaves, uh, while he followed her on horseback. The sultan sent musicians with uh, trumpets and cymbals to meet him, so that the air resounded with music and cheers, and she was taken to the princess, who saluted her and treated her with great honor. At night, down the princess said goodbye to her father and set out on the carpet for Aladdin's palace with his mother at her side, and followed by a hundred slaves, so many slaves. She was charmed at the sight of Aladdin, who ran to receive her. Princess, he said, blame your beauty for my boldness if I have displeased you. She told him that, having seen him, she willingly obeyed her father in this matter, and after the wedding had taken place, Aladdin led her into the hall where a feast was spread. And she supped with him. And after which they danced till uh, at midnight. Next day, Aladdin invited the Sultan to see the palace. On entering the hall with the four and twenty windows, with their rubies, diamonds, and emeralds, he cried, Oh, it's a, it's a world's wonder. Uh, there's only one thing that surprises me. Uh, was it by accident uh, that one window was left unfinished? Uh, no, sir, by design returned Aladdin. I wished your majesty to have the glory of finishing this palace. Just one window, that's all he gets. Yeah, the sultan was pleased and sent for the best jewelers in the city. He showed them the unfinished window and bade them to fit it up like the others. Sir, replied the spokesman, we cannot find jewels enough. Well, the sultan had his own fetched, for which they soon used, but to no purpose. For in a month's time the work was not half done. Aladdin, knowing that their task was in vain, bid them to undo their work and carry the jewels back, and the genie finished the window at his command. Well, then what's the point of the window? The sultan uh, was surprised to receive his jewels again and visited Aladdin, who showed him the window finished. Well, the sultan embraced him, the envious vizier, meanwhile hinting that it was the work of enchantment. Aladdin had won the hearts of the people by his gentle bearing. He was made captain of the Sultan's armies and won several battles for him. <laughs> and he remained modest and courteous as before and lived thus in peace and content for several years. So that make a great ending, but nope. But far away in Africa, the magician remembered Aladdin and by his magic arts discovered that Aladdin, uh, instead of perishing miserably in the cave, had escaped and had uh, married a princess with whom he was living in great honor and wealth. 
He knew that the poor tailor's son could only have accomplished this by means of the, by, uh, the, the lamp and traveled night and day until he reached the capital of uh, China, bent on Aladdin's ruin. As he passed through the town, he heard people talking everywhere about a, a marvelous palace. Uh, forget my ignorance, he asked. Uh, what is this palace you speak of? Have you not heard of a Prince Aladdin's palace, was the reply. The greatest wonder of, uh, of the world? I will direct you, if you have a mind to see it. Well, the magician thanked him who spoke, and having seen the palace, uh, knew that it had been raised by the genie of the lamp and became half mad with rage. He determined to get a hold of the lamp and again plunge Aladdin into the deepest poverty. Uh, unluckily, Aladdin had gone a-hunting, that's A-hunting, Gone a-hunting for eight days, which gave the magician plenty of time. He bought a dozen copper lamps, put them in a basket, and went to the palace crying, uh, New lamps for old! Uh, followed by a jeering crowd, the princess, sitting in the hall of uh, four and twenty windows, uh, sent a slave, everything slave-powered in this story, uh, to find out what was the noise was about. He came back laughing. So the princess scolded her. Uh, Madam, replied the slave, who could help laughing? Is he an old fool offering to exchange uh, fine new lamps for old ones? Uh, another slave hearing this said, uh, There's an old one on the cornice there, uh, which he can have. Now, this was the magic lamp. He doesn't, the, the most important thing in his entire life, and he's just got it sitting on a table somewhere. Uh, and also, this family's rich, like crazy. What do they need to trade in lamps for? Uh, now this was made, which Aladdin had left there as he could not take it out hunting with them. The princess, not knowing its value, laughingly bade the slave to take it and to make the exchange. She went and said to the magician, Give me a new lamp for this. She snatched it and bade the slave take a choice. Amid the jeers of the crowd, uh, little he cared, but left off carrying his lamps and went out to the city gates to a lonely place where he remained till nightfall. When he pulled out the lamp and rubbed it, the genie appeared, and at the magician's command carried him, together with the palace and the princess in it, uh, to a lonely place in Africa. Next morning, now the sultan looked out of the window toward the Aladdin's palace and uh, rubbed his eyes, for it's gone. He sent for the vizier and asked him what had become of the palace, and the vizier looked out too and was lost in astonishment. He again put it down to uh, eh, enchantment. And this time the sultan believed him and sent 30 men on horseback to fetch Aladdin in chains. They, they met him riding home, bound him, and forced him to go with them eh, on foot. The people, however, who loved him, followed, armed, to see that he came to no harm. He was carried before the sultan, who ordered the executioner to uh, cut off his head. Yeah, the executioner made Aladdin kneel down and bandaged his eyes and uh, raised his scimitar to strike, and at that instant the vizier, who saw the crowd, had forced their way into the courtyard and were scaling the walls to rescue Aladdin, called to the executioner to stay his hand, period. That was another really long sentence. It was all commas. The people, indeed, looked so threatening uh, that the sultan gave way and ordered Aladdin to be unbound and pardoned him in the sight of the crowd. Aladdin now begged to know what he had done. Yeah, false wretch! said the sultan, come thither, and showed him from the window to the palace where his palace had stood. Aladdin eh, was so amazed that he could not say a word. Eh, where's my palace? Eh, my daughter, demanded the sultan. 
For the first, I am not so deeply concerned, but for my daughter, I must have, and you must find her or lose your head. Why is he so concerned about his daughter all of a sudden? He was ready to cut off her head earlier. Aladdin begged for 40 days in which to find her, promising if he failed to return and suffer death at the sultan's pleasure. His prayer was granted, and he went forth, sadly, from the sultan's presence. For three days he wandered about like a madman, asking everyone, would become of his palace, but they, uh, yeah, they only laughed and pitied him. He came. Well, I thought they loved him. He came to the banks of a river and knelt down to say his prayers before throwing himself in. He's not supposed to do that either. He's supposed to go back to the king, get killed. <laughs> so in doing, he rubbed the magic ring he still wore, and the genie he had seen in the cave appeared. He forgot about the ring. <laughs> okay, uh, and asked his will. Save my life, genie, said the Aladdin. Said the Aladdin, that was my fault. Bring my palace back. This is not in my power, said the genie. I am only the slave of the ring. Uh, You must ask him of the lamp. Even so, said Aladdin, but thou canst take me to the palace. Uh, Set me down under my dear wife's window. He had once found himself in Africa, under the window of the princess, and fell asleep out of sheer weariness. Well, just ask the genie of the ring to bring the lamp to you. He was awakened by the singing of the of the birds. Ah, his heart was lighter, and he saw plainly that all his misfortunes were owing to the loss of the lamp, and vainly wondered who had robbed him of it. That morning, the princess rose earlier than he uh, she had done since she had been carried into Africa by the magician, whose company was forced to endure once a day. She, however, treated him so harshly Uh, that he dared not live there altogether. As as she was dressing, one of her women looked out and uh, and saw Aladdin. The prince ran and opened the window. princess ran and opened the window, and the noise she made Aladdin looked up, and she called to him to come to her, and and great was the joy of these lovers at seeing each other again. After he kissed her, Aladdin said, I beg of you, princess, in God's name, before we speak of anything else, for your own sake and mine, tell me that has become of the old lamp I left at the cornice in the hall of uh, four and twenty windows when I went to hunting. Alas, she said, I am the, the innocent cause of our sorrows, and told him of the exchange of the lamp, and now I know, cried Aladdin, that we have to thank the African magician for this. Uh, where is the lamp? He carries it about with him, said the princess. I know, for he pulled it out of his breast to show me. He wishes me to break my faith with you and marry him, saying that you were beheaded by my father's command. He is forever speaking ill of you, but I only reply by my tears. If I, if I persist, I doubt not, but he will use violence. Aladdin yeah, comforted her. And left her for a while. He changed clothes with the first person he met in town, and having bought a certain powder, returned to the princess, who led him in by a little by a little side door. Yeah, put on your most beautiful dress, he said to her, and received the magician with smiles, ah, leading him to believe that you have forgotten me, and invite him up uh, to sup with you, and say that you wish to taste the wine of his country. Ah, he'll go for some, and while he's gone, I will tell you what to do. She listened carefully to Aladdin, and when he left, she arrayed herself gaily for the first time since she left China. 
and she put on a girdle and a headdress of diamonds, and seeing in a glass that she was you know, more beautiful than ever, received the magician, saying uh, to his great amazement, I have made up my mind that Aladdin's dead, and that all my tears will not bring him back to me, so I'm resolved to mourn no more, and have uh, therefore invited you to sup with me, and I am tired of the wines of China, and would uh, fain taste those of Africa. The magician flew to his cellar, Oh, and the princess put the powder Aladdin had given her in a cup, and he returned, and she asked him to drink her health uh, in the wine of Africa, handing him her cup in exchange for his. Uh, as a sign, she was reconciled to him. Before drinking, the magician uh, made her a speech in praise of her uh, beauty. Yeah, but the princess cut him short, saying, uh, let, uh, let us first drink, and uh, you should say uh, what you will uh, afterward. She set her cup to her lips and kept it there, while the magician drained his to the dregs and fell back uh, lifeless. The princess then opened the door to Aladdin and flung her arms around his neck, but Aladdin put her away, get off me, bidding her to leave him as he had no more to do. He then went to the dead magician, took the lamp out of his, oh, he's dead, and bade the genie to carry the palace and all back to China. This was done, and the princess in her chamber only felt uh, two little shocks and a uh, little thought that she was at home again. The sultan, who was sitting in his closet, mourning for his lost daughter, hey, it's like me in the bathroom, happened to look up and rubbed his eyes, for there stood the palace as before, exclamation point. He hastened thither, and Aladdin received him in the hall of the four and twenty windows with the princess at his side. Aladdin told him what happened and showed him the dead body of the magician. Gross, that he might believe. A ten days' feast was proclaimed, and it seemed as if uh, Aladdin might now live the rest of his life in peace, but it was not to be. Oh, God, this is like the second time the story should have ended. Well, the African magician had a younger brother, who was, if possible, more wicked and more cunning than himself. Then he traveled to China uh, to avenge his brother's death and went to visit a pious woman called uh, uh, Fatima. Thinking she might be of use to him, uh, he entered her cell and clapped a dagger to her breast, telling her to rise and do his bidding on pain of death. He changed clothes with her, uh, colored his face like hers, and put on a veil, and murdered her. Uh, that she might tell no tales. Then he went toward the palace of Aladdin, and all the people, thinking he was the holy woman, gathered round him. Oh, kissing his hands and begging his blessing. And when he got to the palace, uh, there was such a noise going on around that the princess bade her slave look out the window and ask what's the matter. The slave said it was a, a holy woman curing people by her touch of their ailments, whereupon the princess, who had long desired to see Fatima, uh, sent for her. And on coming to the princess, the magician offered a prayer for the health and prosperity. And when he had done, the princess made him uh, sit by her and begged him to stay with her always. The false Fatima, uh, who wished for nothing better, consented, but burp, kept his veil down for fear of discovery. The princess showed him the hall and asked him what he thought of it. It is truly beautiful, said the false Fatima. In my mind, it wants but one thing. Uh, what is that? said the princess. Uh, if only a rock's egg, replied he, were hung up in the middle of this dome, I would be the wonder of the world. Well, after this, the princess could think of nothing but a rock's egg, 
And when Alain returned from hunting, uh, not a hunting, he found her in very ill humor. He begged uh, to know what was amiss, and she told him that all her pleasure in the hall was spoiled for the want of a rock's egg hanging from the dome. Ah, if that's all, said Replat, you shall be happy. And he left her and rubbed the lamp, and when the genie appeared, commanded him to bring a rock's egg. And the genie gave such a loud and terrible shriek uh, that the hall shook. Wretch, he cried, is it not enough that I have done everything for you? Oh, he's got an attitude now. But you must command me to bring my master and, and hang him up in the midst of this dome. You and your wife and your, and your palace deserve to be burnt to ashes. That this request does not come from you, but from the brother of the African magician whom you destroyed. He is now uh, in your palace disguised as the holy woman uh, who he murdered. He it was who put that wish into your wife's head. Take care of yourself, uh, for he means to kill you. So saying, the genie disappeared. Aladdin, oh, so he won't, isn't he compelled to grant the wish? He just kind of explained that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> he went back into his lamp. Aladdin went back to the princess, saying that his head ached and requested that the holy Fatima should be fetched to lay her hands on it. But when the magician came near, Aladdin, seizing his dagger, pierced him in the heart. Hey, what have you done? cried the princess. Hey, you've killed the holy woman. Not so, replied Aladdin, but a wicked magician, and told her of how she had been deceived. After this, Aladdin and his wife lived in peace. He succeeded the sultan when he died and reigned for many years, leaving behind him a long line of kings. Uh, uh, so what happened here? Uh, you have a prince who's a, well, not a prince, he's just a jerk kid. Such a jerk kid that the dad died. And then he uh, gets a fake uncle. No foreshadowing, we're just told it's a fake uncle before we're supposed to know. And then he uh, brings Aladdin over to this cave. Uh, not that there's her, like, I guess he says the names of his father and grandpa or something like that at the gate and he's able to get in but then also we're told that it just doesn't matter he's just a dumb kid he just wanted to get a dumb kid to go get the lamp weird and then uh, he has this ring that has a genie and he has a lamp that has a genie he uses the ring once and kind of forgets that there's a genie there and this is all taking place in China which I thought it was supposed to be uh, you know India or something I don't know exactly where and then uh, he scares the hell out of the princess who like all of these stories has absolutely no say in who she's getting married to but she just goes along with it uh scares the hell out of her and the prince and he's a big baby so he gets kicked out uh the the king almost cuts off his own daughter's head but then also she's like the love of his life and well, he cares for her so much and then uh and then the the magician comes back because he hears through magic about Aladdin and what he's done, and then uh, when he gets the princess and everything, and then blah blah blah, and then in the end, uh, it ended twice but didn't, and then um, finally, uh, the magician's son or brother or whatever winds up coming back to avenge him by dressing up as a woman and killing her, and then uh, but no one can tell it's a man, even though he's painted his face or whatever, 
uh, all of it's problematic. Uh, and nothing like the... Di- if anything, I would like to thank Disney for taking a, a big, convoluted, messy story and uh, cleaning it up. Uh, probably would have been interesting to keep it in China, but here we are. Uh, what's good about this? Uh, I think I'm... I'm getting more entertained by the fact that uh, out of all these fairy stories, or with all of them, they're always being given unlimited wishes and power, and no one's bright enough to use it. Aladdin should have just said, I want the princess to be married to me. Boom, she's married. I want the palace, whatever. Why the window? Because in the end, he wound up doing the window. And then the dad was like, oh, you did the window I was supposed to do. Thank you so much. You're so great. Why? What does that matter? Uh... You've got a ring with a genie, like I said earlier. Just get the lamp over to you. I don't know. There's so many workarounds, but they they never follow through. I think it's interesting uh, that the people who made up these stories didn't think out, oh, you've got unlimited everything you want, so just do everything you want in, like, half the time. Eh, what sucks? Aladdin. He sounds like a jerk. I kind of imagine Aladdin being, like, uh, just any one of those kind of douchey people that work at a gas station. You know, like they're mildly attractive and they, they usually they try to flirt with everyone when they come in. And imagine giving someone like that unlimited power. Of course he's going to scare the hell out of the woman he wants to marry and then, you know, force her to be with him and uh, have this weird kind of Trump-style castle where everything's made of gold, including the toilets and stuff. And... I don't know. What do we learn from this? I don't know. Maybe some people just don't deserve power. They're just not smart enough. Yeah, that's what we're going to take away from that. Uh, Some people just don't deserve power because they're too dumb. So, with that, uh, I guess that's it. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Well, uh, you can find me uh, at my website, nuzzlehouse.com, where I have a backlog of Everything I've ever read, uh, you can search for it by author, if you're a weirdo who's into that kind of thing. Uh, You can also find me on my completely dead and never used Instagram, at House Nuzzle, uh, which you'll never see me update. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, uh, at House Nuzzle, where uh, eh, you can leave me a message or something if you want. I post on there just when I have new episodes and nothing else. Or if you want to speak to me directly, you can email me at glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Now let's see. I swear I still got one left down here. No. That's got a cigarette button. How do they... Oh, that thing again.